it was the scariest and probably the hardest decision I've ever made. I always say I was never a risk taker, but now I like literally can't say that because you quit your whole job in a pandemic. So I no longer can say that, <laughs> but it was the scariest moment of my life right under the bar exam. Cause the bar exam is just like an extra added stress. Cause it's like my license, I've been working, you know, studying all my life for this, but it, it, it's almost close because it was the fear of having to detach my name from being an associate attorney. So it wasn't like, I knew I was still going to be a lawyer. I'm still licensed. Like I'm still an attorney and all that, but it's hard because so many times, so many of us attach like our identity to our career. So I felt like, who would I be if I was not an associate attorney at this firm that I can reference and how would I define who I am and define just my identity from then on out? And it was a challenge, but then I realized like I could define it however I want. Now I have that freedom to shift that into whatever I want. If I want to be a full-time contractor and say, forget my license, I can do that. I have so much flexibility and I don't have to be scared because I have a game plan, also a Virgo. So I had the to-do list, the pros, the cons, everything. So I was more than prepared. And like you said, like I can always just go back to a firm if I want. I actually got job offers after I quit. So it was like the option was there, but I told myself, I'm going to give myself one whole year and just bet on myself. And here we are two years (laughs) plus, and I'm still loving every single minute of it, but it still was the scariest thing. I've ever done in my life, but I highly recommend if you feel like I I have a passion somewhere else and you're in a more traditional job and you have the means to take that risk, do it now, especially like I'm only 28. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. If I was going to take a risk, this This is the the time to take a risk. So friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy Thursday or whatever day or time you're listening. I can't believe that it is already the last week of July, which means this week I took the bar exam. Well, when you're listening to this, I will already take it, but right now it is Sunday, so I will be taking it in two days. It's really crazy that that's finally here. Um, and I want to get all about, I want to get into, I want to get into all about the bar exam and my mindset and thoughts going into the last week really fast. But before that, I want to do a quick second suite of the week because I haven't done it in a little while, but I want to bring it back. And I know I've just been not as consistent with podcasts as I would have liked to be this summer, but I mean, I know you all can forgive me considering the bar exam and all the craziness. You know, I've been trying to keep you updated as much as I can. And I've been doing a decent job of also doing a little bit of updating on TikTok and Instagram. So if you're not already following me on those platforms, please go check me out on there at Kayla Moran and the link is in the show notes. But my suck of the week is honestly that everyone is kind of overwhelmed and burnt out and It's really discouraging when some people just don't want to look on the bright side and have a healthy mindset about it going in and like they don't understand why you are at least outwardly calm and confident and trying to be cool, calm, and collected and they don't get why you're like that because they're not like that and that's okay but it's like they make you feel guilty for not being that way and maybe they don't even do it intentionally but they just by not being, by being like, no, I have to do this. Like, no, I can't do that. Like, if that works for you, great. But like, I have to do this. It's like, okay, cool. Like, but you don't have to say it that way. Or like, you can just acknowledge that that's not what 
what is working for you, but like don't make me feel bad for me having the mindset that I do because I know myself better than anybody and I know that the mindset that I have is the right mindset for me. And I thought we were just comparing how we're all feeling. Like why are we being competitive about how we're feeling going in? Like that's weird, right? Um, so my suck of the week is just everyone is kind of on high alert and your emotions are high and the tensions are high and everyone's stressed and it's just like, it's just rocky. But my sweet of the week is genuinely the few people that have randomly reached out to me that are not people I regularly talk to. And I mean, they're seeing me post on Instagram, on TikTok, and you know, maybe they listen to the podcast and they've heard me talk about it here, but even people that I very rarely would speak to or like new people that I just recently like found out about or met or whatever that have sent me messages or I posted a TikTok that blew up and people just messaging me like I'm going through it too or I understand how you're feeling like I feel that way like I went through it too when I took the bar exam like you're doing great like it just feels really good to to have people in my corner and there's times not just throughout this process but in my life where I've felt like I didn't have people in my corner and knowing that I do but really getting to see it and feel it felt really good so that's my suite of the week is just that going into such an insane period and week of my life where I honestly kind of do feel guilty for not feeling as freaked out as I know I could be and that other people are but also recognizing that I'm gonna be fine because if I feel so calm and cool and collected right now, it's because I know I'm ready. And when you feel that, when you feel ready and you're just ready to sit and take it, or at least for an exam, like that's how you know you're ready. Like I don't need to keep busting myself and, you know, anyway. So yeah, that's my suite of the week. And actually I have two suites because my second suite is my brother lives in Tampa, Florida, which is where the bar exam is for the state of Florida. Everyone in the country takes it on July 26th and 27th this year. But in Florida, everyone takes it in Tampa, and every state has their own testing location. Um, but my brother lives here. So I flew in t- this morning a day early to come in and just really give myself a mindset shift and like really just feel at home and at ease Um, because tomorrow everyone's going to be here and everyone's going to be crazy and I'd rather just not have to deal with that energy. Um, So I want to ground myself first. But when I got here, he picked me up from the airport. He was like, we're going to go to brunch. And he took me to the grocery store and dropped me off at the hotel. And he's going to make me dinner. So I have lunch for tomorrow. Like, he's being really, really sweet. And he's my younger brother. And, you know, siblings always bicker and fight growing up and we've had our differences and we do have our differences still like we had an argument at brunch like heated intellectual conversation but still like you know we're just siblings we go at it but it's just I I, I, I was like to my parents like does he know that this is a stressful week or is he just getting soft on me like why is he being so nice to me and it's like because he recognized that this is a tough week but just having my younger brother I'm gonna cry but having my brother recognize that and want to help me and be there for me and give me that little bit of support like just the minor things I don't know if my parents told him to I don't think they did because my my mom my mom knew that this was happening but like she didn't seem like it was that she told him to do it was that he on his own accord took upon himself to do and oh I was expecting to cry when I started talking about this but it was really sweet and I'm just really glad that 
my brother and I because we're both getting older now and the age gap between us, it's, it's only three and a half years, but a lot changes between three and a half years. By the time I was a senior in high school, he was in eighth grade. You know, I went to college, he was in high school. So we were just in different points in our life always. So now that I'm 24 going on 25 and he just turned 21, like we're kind of sort of getting to an equal level. And it's just really nice to be able to have him be my friend, not just my little brother. Although everyone at the restaurant thought that he was my boyfriend. It was really funny and he was mad because he's like, I can't go flirt with any girls now because then they're going to think I'm cheating on you in front of you. And I was like, well, you can just say that you're, I'm your sister. And they're like, yeah, but that's just not, it doesn't work that way. Like for guys, it's really hard. Um, and I thought it was really funny. But just like it's nice to be able to have those conversations and those little moments. And he's like, we can go do other stuff like on the nights and like, you know, you have other days here, like, we'll do other stuff, but I'm gonna go hang out with my friends now. Oh, and he dropped me off at the hotel, and it was really, really sweet, but yeah, so that's my second speed of the week, and as for the bar exam itself and how I'm feeling, like I said, like, I feel very, I wouldn't say very good, I feel okay going, like, I know that I have put in the time, and I know that I have put in the work, and it's not a marathon, it's a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I don't know. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. It's a marathon. It's not all in one. It's, it's, you got to pace yourself. And, you know, I've done the work. I, I've gone through the training. I've done the training. Like, you know, I, I, my training will kick in no matter what. And I'm going to be okay. And it's just choosing to look on the bright side and and choosing confidence like I talked about a couple weeks ago confidence is a strategy and just really choosing to be confident and, and confident in my abilities and confident in myself and in my my intelligence and knowing that worst case scenario I don't pass on the first try it's not the end of the world would that suck yeah but it's not the end of the world and just reframing that in my head has been really helpful for me because it helps me tune out the noise. Like I was around people yesterday that were being kind of negative and very competitive and I'm just not that person. I'm not a very competitive person and I don't mean to sound selfish but I don't care about my overall school passage rate or you know I care about me, how I perform, how I do. I just want to pass. I don't care what the score is. I don't care how many points. I don't care who I did better than or worse than. Like I just want to know that I pass. And ultimately, the bar exam is a pass-fail exam. There is a cutoff point. And if you got a 136 or higher in Florida, you pass. And if you got less than that, you don't pass. And beyond that, it really doesn't matter what number you get. Different scores mean you, you can wave into DC. And, like, there's other, like, things about, you know, scores can come into play later. But ultimately, I just want to know I got a 136.1 or .01, and I'll be fine. I really don't care. Besides getting a 136, I could pass by 0 0.5, 0 0.05, and I will be fine. So it's just, I just, it was, having that reframe really helped me tune out the noise yesterday and recognize that I needed to leave because that conversation just wasn't, like, productive. It wasn't conducive to, to me and my energy, and that's why I wanted to come a day early and just really ground myself in the hotel and get familiar with it and feel out the room and feel out the space and really just make myself at home because 
it's really strange being in a hotel room all by yourself during an exam like this or just in general like I'm I travel alone but I normally you know I would travel in hostels or like study abroad and stuff like there was other people there so being fully alone in a hotel thankfully my brother is like 10 minutes away and like if I need anything I have him but it's a little strange and other people that I know they're parents at least one of their parents their spouse their boyfriend their girlfriend family like someone's coming to be with them and I don't have that and I didn't want it because I didn't think that it would be helpful to me and I also my parents work but I and I wasn't gonna ask them to you know work remotely or travel with me it's an extra plane ticket and like that kind of stuff but it was nice to just have extra day and I'm lucky that I am able to do that and that my parents are helping me out with that um so I can just ground myself and feel better and it just felt really good to know that you know what no matter just realizing how other people were talking about it and like you know with COVID and everything like we're taking an in-person exam and there's a lot of protocols and like if we feel sick or we get we test positive like we have to let them know because it's everyone in the state's going to be here and you know, they, there's a lot of precautions and uh, tracing and blah, 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 all of the things. And this one girl was like, I don't care. Like, if I were to test code positive right now, like, I would put on four masks and, like, gloves and, like, I would go take the bar exam. And it's like, no, like, you – I'm sorry, but if that were to happen right now to me, like, I would, you know, let them know right away, like I should, and postpone my exam until the next testing time because I'm not going to do that put myself or other people at risk you know so it's just like little things like that. It's like people are just like very selfish and I mean I'm I understand being selfish but it's also like I don't know it's not I don't know that that like that comment that conversation that we were having someone that we know we were studying with had got sick not COVID but wasn't feeling well the last couple of days and we were, you know, she's stressed out, worried. She's not going to feel her best. And, like, this is very important. You need to be on top of your game. And it was just like we were talking about those things. And I was like, you know what? Like, this conversation isn't helping me. It's not good energy. I don't like this. I'm going to go. And I'm really glad I, you know, went to dinner with my family and had a good time and then just left. Because even just talking about it right now is getting me worked up again. And it's just little things like that where – energy and mindset really do make all the difference and I'm not a woo-woo person I at least I don't think I am but there's some things that I, I do believe in that and you know I understand that this exam is very important and a lot of people this has been their goal and their dream for years and they've been working so hard for this because I have too but at the end of the day like it is not the end of the world and not passing on the first try or not getting the score that I hoped doesn't make me any less of a lawyer. Doesn't mean I'm not competent. Doesn't mean I'm not smart. Doesn't mean I'm not worthy. Doesn't mean I'm not meant to do this. Just means that I didn't do as well as I wanted to. And you know what? That's okay. Because this exam is really hard. And that it's a cutoff. It's an arbitrary cutoff. It's literally like that's the score. And if you are above it, you pass. If you don't, if you aren't above it you don't pass like that's that's literally it it's not you know it's not individual they don't even know whose exam that is so and they're grading thousands of them so 
it felt really good to recognize that I was going into this week with a good mindset and that was really important to me and I didn't realize just how important it was but I'm I'm really glad that I came early to to be able to to give myself that space and that break and honor the fact that I am where I'm meant to be right now because I deserve it and I've worked very hard for it and I'm lucky to have this opportunity and I'm very grateful and whatever happens this week you know I've done my best because could I have studied more sure but at the end of the day I chose to take breaks when I knew that I needed to for my mental health for my physical health for my happiness for the people around me you know to be considerate of them I, I, I've done my best and you know what if my best isn't good enough this week I will try again but it doesn't mean I'm any less than and that was really important for me to realize this week and I uh, haven't really been drinking this summer I last time I drank before the last couple of days was on my brother's birthday in the beginning of June and then I didn't drink at all until two weeks ago I had one glass of wine with my cousin and the next night I had a spritz at dinner and then I had a glass of wine a couple nights ago and I had one glass of champagne earlier today and I haven't drank other than that and I did that because my anxiety has been not super great and it's been really high and we talked about that in a previous episode and I wanted to make sure that I was going to be operating at full capacity and I wanted to keep my anxiety at bay and yeah I didn't take I don't think I took my did I take my blood this morning I'm not sure but I I try not to mix them with alcohol anyway um but I knew that I would feel better not drinking this summer and I don't need it and I don't want to be someone who drinks all the time I'm a social drinker anyway um so I wasn't really gonna be social much this summer but today I knew that I was going to have that glass of champagne which is also why I wanted to come a day early because I wanted to get here and I wanted to go to brunch and I wanted to celebrate how far I've come and everything that I've overcome and everything that I've accomplished to this point and honor myself and celebrate the fact that I deserve to be here and I am really damn proud of myself for getting this far because it has not been easy and I've been very open about my mental health and my struggles with law school on the podcast and on my platforms and I'm really grateful that I have that space to do so and I feel comfortable doing so so I can share that with you for anyone who is also going through that or interested in it whatever the case is but I wanted to celebrate that today so you know what I'm gonna have the damn glass of champagne and I'm gonna be proud of it because I deserve a break so I am not doing a full study day or anything today and tomorrow. I'm just going to do a light review when I'm done editing this. And tomorrow I'll do a very light review. And that's it. Test day. Like, I've done the training. I've done the work. I've put in the work. And I know that I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be fine. Because all I need to do is get better than an F. It's a minimum competency exam. And it's on a curve the last resort it's on a curve so I'm gonna be okay and honestly I just really wanted to share that and share that confidence really is such a 
such a strategy and I'm really glad that I embraced that early on and just gave myself the rest and the breaks when I needed it and honored myself because I feel really good going in and I truly did not expect to feel this secure going in and I mean I'm not performing super great on score on my scores and all of that but I'm doing enough and that's all I need we just need to do enough so you know I'm glad I I'm glad I get to have this platform to share that with you guys and in this more authentic medium of a podcast where you get to hear me instead of me just writing it and I have a sticky note on my computer. I lost the one that I had written before, so I made a new one and I put I am a lawyer on it, which if you have seen my uh, vision board for 2022, you know that that statement is right in the middle and it's my wallpaper on my computer and my phone, but I wanted to put it on the inside of my computer so I see it every day no matter what. And, and as I'm studying, and so I wrote, I am a lawyer, I passed the Florida bar exam. And I'm going to manifest that, and I'm going to pray, and that's it. I'm just going to believe that I have everything in me, and I know that I've got this. And like I said at the beginning of the intro, having people reach out to me, people that I haven't talked to in years, people that I just met, people that don't know me at all, reach out to me and say they're thinking of me and they're going to be praying for me and they're proud of me and they see how much I've accomplished and they love seeing me share my story on TikTok throughout the summer and see the process. It really does mean the absolute world to me. And this morning I was at the airport and I got a text from a sorority sister that I have not spoken to in easily four years, maybe more. And she's also taking the bar exam this week. And she texted me a video, like one of those motivational, like coach speeches to their football team, a college football team. Um, it was the Warriors. I don't know what, uh, is it Wisconsin, Washington? I don't know. But she sent me this video and she said, I'll read it to you. It was the sweetest thing. She said, one of my bar prep accountability partners sent me this video. I guess it's that time of year because there's a lot of these videos coming out. I remembered you taking the bar exam this week as well, and I thought you may need a little inspo motivation going in. Good luck. And when I tell you that I made my day, I never expected to hear from her. And I, you know, I'm going to post on Tuesday morning, probably, I don't know about Tuesday morning, Monday at least, you know, good luck to everyone taking the bar exam. We've, we've got this, you know, kind of similar messaging to what I'm saying here and what I've been saying the last couple of days, but... To have someone personalize send that to me was really sweet. And I sent a text similar to that to my friends taking it, my close friends from school, yesterday. Um, but just from someone that is essentially a stranger now was really sweet. But she was one of the girls who welcomed me into my shorty the first week that I rushed home. And so that was just even, even sweeter. And I'm actually going to find that picture and send it to her. But I don't know. It was just really cool to see that people see my efforts and see my how much I've grown, how much I've come so far, and to celebrate that with me and to wish me luck and random people too. It just, I can't explain how that touched me. And it's just really crazy to me that 
the time has come, and what I've been working for for so long is here. And I once did not think that I would get here. So, that's really freaking cool. And I'm really freaking proud of myself no matter what happens. And as you guys are listening to this episode, I will be heading back to Miami to <laughs> run and get a facial, go do my nails, get my hair done, pack, and hop on a flight to Europe for 21 days. Actually, it's like 23 days, I believe. And I'm really freaking excited. And I'm really freaking proud of myself for saving up for the last four years since I graduated from college and started working before I went to law school. I started saving up every summer, every time I would work, every semester in law school that I was working, I was putting money away so I could go on this trip and I could fully finance it on my own. And this be the start of the next chapter of my life and celebrate everything and just enjoy it. Enjoy the freedom that I have now. And because it's crazy, I've gone to school for 22 years of my life. Like, I don't know what it's like to not be in school. Like, the only time I've not been in school was six months between graduating, or eight months technically, between graduating from college and starting law school. But, you know, it's not the same. Like, starting my real adult life now, like, I'm so excited. And I'm even more excited to kick it off in Europe, and I can't wait to create amazing content and share it with all of you guys, and I'm going to really try my best to get as much content while still enjoying my trip as much as I can to really kick off the whole influencer thing for real this time. I will be working, as I've talked about with you guys, as an influencer consultant and lawyer, influencer marketing consultant and lawyer. And actually, this week's episode is with my boss, Cameron Monet. So I'll introduce her in a little bit. And then we can hop right into that conversation, which I'm really excited about. But I'm also going to be an influencer. And I'm really excited to just create content that I love and that I want to create. Fashion, beauty, travel, wellness, lifestyle, just showing you guys my real life because I truly did not feel that I was able to be all of me while in law school because I was devoting so much time to law school that I wasn't truly being myself and I was to the full extent that I could but there's so much more so I'm really excited to be able to do that and then also aside from being an influencer and being an influencer marketing consultant and lawyer I'm also going to be a manager for influencers starting my own agency Conecta Social which I've talked about a little bit here and I will talk about a lot more in upcoming episodes once I fully get that up and running. But if you know someone who is looking for a manager or you're interested in maybe talking to a manager or seeing what that all entails and what services and all of that, please let me know and email me, DM me, let's chat about it because I would love, um, I'm open to new clients. But I'm just really excited for the next chapter of my life. And this this week is so much more than just the bar exam. It's, it's a celebration of everything it's taken to get me here. And embarking on the next journey. Embarking on the next chapter. And speaking of the word journey, you know, there's that quote. It's not about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I don't know where I saw this. I don't know who it was, but... I think, oh, it was Deepika, the founder of Live Tinted. 
but she said, I actually disagree with that. I think it's about the company along the way and or the company you surround yourself with. And I and I 100% agree. I think it's the journey and the company along that journey and all of the things that they teach you up and down along the way, in and out. And I'm really grateful for all the people in my journey and I'm really excited to embark on this next chapter and see all the people that I will meet along that journey as well. So... This was a fairly long-winded emotional intro that I was truly not expecting to be, but you know, I'm just feeling myself today. And I'm really damn proud of myself. So you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna do that. But I'm really excited for this week's guest, my boss and my mentor, and a dear friend of mine, Cameron Monet, who when I set out to combine, actually when I thought first, I was like I want to be an influencer's lawyer, like, or I want to do law in the influencer space or with influencers. I don't know. Like, I just started, like, putting words together or thoughts together, and I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't think it was tangible, let alone so soon. But by networking and just talking to my friends and putting it out there, even though people thought I was crazy, the right people led me to meeting Cameron, and talking to her led me to her becoming my mentor and then her and I talking about potential job opportunities for me and her scaling her team and me wanting to do what she does and it all just kind of worked out very serendipitously and I never expected that I would get the job of my dreams right after law school especially considering that I wasn't sure if law school was for me and that Everyone told me it wasn't possible because I wasn't going to have enough legal experience and I wasn't going to have worked at a firm and people, you have to go through a firm first. You're going to do in-house counsel and like all these things they tell you about the traditional way to do law school and the traditional way to be a lawyer. And you know, if that's for you, that's for you. But it wasn't for me. So I'm really grateful that I met Cameron and she has been such a great mentor to me in the last year and a half that I've known her and I'm so excited to be working with her and I'm really excited to have this conversation with her because a lot of conversations that I have with you guys she has with her audience on her YouTube channel so highly recommend I will link it in the show notes for you and it's especially beautiful to see a black woman talking about mental health so openly and career and doing the non-traditional thing and figuring out her life and being unapologetic and open about making mistakes and learning from them and growing from them and doing the work and healing and she has been such an inspiration to me not just personally not just professionally but personally and I'm so honored to call her my friend and we talk a little bit about her journey and how why she went to law school what it was like going to law school and how she fell into this journey that she's on now of being an influencer marketing lawyer and consultant and a lawyer influencer and helping other people become influencers and know their worth and work with brands and get paid but also having fun and loving fashion and herself while she does it so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation and like I said in the last episode I am no longer doing outros I want to just keep it an introduction and then you guys hear the episode so Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be going on a three-week hiatus while I am in Europe because I'm not taking my laptop with me. Sadly, there will be no intros or episodes coming out 
while I'm in Europe, but when I get back, we will do a recap and we will talk all about the bar exam and about my trip and anything else. Of course, you know, I'm always open. So if you have any topics or guests you want to see on the podcast, please email me, please DM me, please leave a comment and let me know. I'm taking new guests and topics and we were starting to record again. So I'm really excited to see what you guys want to hear and give that to you guys but it truly does mean the absolute world to me that you guys have listened to me for the last 41 episodes. I can't believe this is episode 42, and I'm really excited for what's to come. So thank you guys so, so much for listening. If you liked it, please leave a rating and review. Please share with a friend. Screenshot, tag us if you're listening. Send it to a friend. Send it to someone who wants to be a lawyer, who wants to be an influencer, who wants to do both. Tell them to reach out to us. We are so excited to share that there's so much more that you can do with a law degree and there's so much more you can do as a minority woman in the law and as an influencer and all the amazing things that Cameron is doing. So thank you guys so much and I will talk to you all next week. Meet Cameron. I am so excited to have you on Cameron. For those of you who don't know who Cameron is, she is a influencer, lawyer, she's a YouTuber, she is a powerhouse and someone that I really look up to and she's one of my friends and mentors and I can't wait to pick her brain and share it with you guys. But before we start, Cameron, what's something that your followers wouldn't know about you just from following you? First off, thank you so much for having me. I know it's going to be a great conversation. I love Kayla. Y'all are literally getting a treat every time you get the privilege to listen to this beautiful queen. So um, just had to get that out there because that's my girl. But okay, something that people wouldn't know just by looking at me is probably that I'm an only child. I feel like people are always so surprised about that just because there's just an assumption like only children are spoiled in this. And I just love to give and I've always just been like that. So that's probably something people don't know about me. I yeah, I don't know. I've never like thought about that, but, but <laughs> I so I only known you for the last year, which is crazy and that it's actually been a year already, but yeah. I haven't gone all the way back and watched like college and law school vlogs. And so I don't really know a lot about your background, but I want to dive into that because of course, who we were growing up and our life experiences shape who we are today. So perfect segue. You started YouTube <laughs> in college. So mm-hmm. why? Why did you start YouTube? And like, what did you share on YouTube when you first started? Yeah, so I started YouTube in 2014. I was still in college. I graduated in 2015. So I actually had recorded several videos and never posted them because I was like, no, it's so weird. I don't want people to look at me. I don't want people to talk bad about me. And listen, let me tell you, if you feel like that right now, now is the time to just post it. Just post it, record it, and post it, and look at it later. Uh, And I feel like back then, a lot of creators were just talking about hair and makeup and beauty and fashion, which I still love and still talk about. And that's just what I did. I was watching a ton of the beauty gurus now, the OG beauty gurus back then. And I just really loved everything about watching the videos. I've always been a creative at heart. I like to say I've been performing arts literally since I was like seven and able to talk and walk. Um, And I've always loved the behind the scenes as well. So when it comes to the full production process, the creative concept, the recording, being behind the scenes and in front of the camera. So it felt really natural to get into YouTube. And I was watching so many videos. At some point, my friends were like, girl, you watch videos all the time. You might as well make some. And we want to know about your hair anyway, because I was always changing my hair and just having fun with it. So I just started uploading videos about my hair, natural hair journey, makeup, fashion, and just all the things that I loved um, hobby-wise. Law school content came later on. Yeah. No, it's so funny how everyone starts off with the beauty and then it kind of, (laughs) everyone 
a lot of people say beauty and that's their thing, but then other people use that and transition into what they're doing now. Some of our mutual friends have done the same thing. And it's funny because they also tell me, like I had said, I wanted to start a podcast for a while and people were like, you just start, like you would be so good at it. And then now Natalie, our mutual friend is, who's like a recurring theme on this podcast. Cause so much I can attribute <laughs> to her and you, like you two are truly the people who have shaped me in the last year. But she was like, you should start YouTube. Like you would be so good at YouTube. And I was like, I can't add one more thing to my plate right now. <laughs> Once I graduate and I'm done with the bar and I'm working, I would love to show similar to how both of you show like the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a businesswoman, a career woman, an entrepreneur, a lawyer, like showing you what I really do every single day because TikTok is just way too short. <laughs> I, I'm a talker. Like I need the vlogs to like really show you that. And I would love to do that now, but I just don't have the ability to take on one more thing. People always ask me, (laughs) how do you do as many things as you do? Which I could ask you the same thing and I will later, but yeah. So you started off college and then you, so when did law school come out? Did you always know you wanted to go to law school or did that come later in college? What did you study in college and like making the decision? All right, I'm going to law school. Yeah, so I feel like I was a late bloomer when it came to the desire to go to law school. Growing up, I was like, I'm just going to go on Broadway. I'm going to be an actress. That's it. Like, I don't want to do anything else. I get to college and my lovely mother, who I love, and now she's my number one fan. But she was like, listen, okay, mm, go traditional, find something. So I was like, okay, let me ask my advisor because that's what, you know, they say you're supposed to do. And I had an amazing advisor. He actually happened to be a lawyer. I didn't know that when I was assigned to him. And he just, I just told him some of the things that I love to do. I love to read. I love to write. I love to perform. And he said, try pre-law and just see how you feel. Try the mock trial team. So I went to some of their practices, joined the team, and I loved it. What I love so much about it is it gave me that same passion and excitement that I got when I was on stage. The same feeling I got in the courtroom. I also got to combine my reading skills and my analytical skills and all that and still like have fun on stage and in the courtroom. So that's pretty much how I decided. I just kind of trusted my advisor, took the classes and fell in love with it. I studied political science. That's actually what my degree is in and a minor in criminology because I was like, I'm going to be a criminal lawyer. I'm going to be Everyone says that. It's so funny. Everyone. So I wasn't. So I wasn't that kid. I did not want to do criminal from day one. I love SVU. Don't get me wrong. But like, I knew that that wasn't my path. I was like, I'm going to do real estate, corporate law. Like I was going to be transactions. Like that was my plan Mm -hmm. coming to law school. But I was also, I came in poli-sci major, changed to a poli-sci minor with my degree was in legal studies. So I also, um, my (laughs) advisor helped me switch, but like, I went in with the idea of like, I'm going to go to law school too. Like, you know, I was a dancer my whole life, but I knew dance performing wasn't like, I I would have loved to do it. And I wish I was the girl in music videos. Like, don't get me wrong. I still wish I was the girl in like Spanish music videos. (laughs) I imagine myself as one of them, but like, I knew that that wasn't my path. Like I needed to get a real Mm -hmm. career, like, you know, minority parents, similar story to yours. Exactly. Like you gotta, gotta do something, gotta make money. You gotta support yourself. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of my, my idea of law school. And I loved reading, writing history, like thinking, critical thinking, like that's kind of, so we have a very similar story in that, but yeah. When did you start sharing that on YouTube? Was that like, people were asking like, what, you know, what are you doing now? Like, can you share more about your law school journey or you like, was it your audience asking you to do it? Or did you just like start sharing that? And then it grew from there. Yeah. So honestly, I got accepted into law school and I was so focused on like, preparing for law school, like reading all the articles and the blogs. And like, I was looking for more information like blogs or YouTubers or social media influencers, somebody to kind of 
show me like, what is it really like? I'm reading the articles. I see great, cool, fine and dandy, but I need to know the realty, right? So I didn't see many, especially black females talking about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna add this to my content that I'm posting on YouTube. So I just kind of started talking about it. And I realized other people also had the same questions of what is the LSAT? I did not know how to apply. I didn't know how to get fee waivers. I didn't know how to determine what school to go to. So I really just picked up the camera and started sharing that. And then once I got into law school, it was more of a girl, my hair is in a bun and I'm not doing my makeup. So we're going to have to just talk about law school because I can't do the beauty and hair stuff right now as often as I could. So then I kind of just shifted my audience into more of the behind the scenes of being a lawyer, be being a law student and becoming a lawyer. So that's pretty much how I switched. They was going to get what they was going to get because I could yeah. not get dressed every day for school. <laughs> No, that's literally how my content has evolved too. I had a similar experience to you in that sense or wanting to go to law school and not getting answers. I was Googling like, what do I wear? And like, what's it like being a law student? Like, what's it really like to be a law student? And I couldn't find anyone. Like the few that I did find were typically white women and they had, Mm -hmm. you know, really, they went to these prestigious schools or they were showing just law school and not that they had a life outside of law school like they didn't have personalities besides like they were a law student and like their blogs were like very like law related names and like that was all that they were talking about I was like but exactly more to me than a law student like from a very early age I was like I know that there's more to me than just whatever career I set out like I'm going to be a multi-hyphenate that's my goal so I don't want to brand myself as just that one thing. So since I was seeing girls do that, I was like, I'm going to start my own blog and I'm going to share my experience. So you did it through YouTube. I did it through a blog <laughs> and I kind of wish I would have done it on YouTube because fun facts, I do have a YouTube channel. And if you go back, there is videos up. There's like three, they're awful. And they're like makeup <laughs> videos and they're still there. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, when I start a new channel, if if and when I do, it'll be a different account and like different email and all of that. But mm-hmm. that one's still up there. You could probably go find it. And I, I love that. <laughs> I could have done YouTube because I had had an interest in it, you know, back in the beauty guru phase. Mm-hmm. But it just, I like to write. So a blog seemed like that was what I was doing reading. So I was like, I'm going to do a blog. But it's funny that that's kind of how it all started for you. And yeah, your audience has grown so much and they're so invested in you as a lawyer and as a female founder now and an influencer in everything you're doing but what was your law school experience like you know what advice do you have for people who are going into law school or who are currently in law school and struggling to figure out what they do with their law degree and and their life because it's kind of both <laughs> it's crazy um uh, my best advice is like my favorite motto is what's for you is for you that really carried me through law school because it's so easy to compare. We can all say, look in the mirror, that's your only competition, like only focus on yourself, put blinders on. And yes, yes, I highly put emphasis on that as well. But in actuality, when you're in the classroom, it feels so intimidating. Like everyone is talking about how long they studied for the day or what their grades are, what their internships and externships. But if you know, even if that's going to affect you sometimes, because it will, we have to be honest, but just remember like what's for you is for you. You can help someone. It's not going to take away from you. You can give someone your exact notes and you're going to get the grades you're going to get. Just trust the process and trust that you're going to, your outcome is going to be what it's going to be regardless of what everybody else is saying and talking about. That is what really carried me through law school. And don't be afraid to go against the grain. I feel like law school sometimes miss the mark because they're putting so much emphasis on big Sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, but- Nah, uh, no need to be nice. Put emphasis on it. It's just, 
it's frustrating, honestly, because it feels like that's the only way to be successful. And it's not. It's not. And I love that now more law students, like there's so many law students of so many different backgrounds and races and genders and everything talking about it online now, which I'm so happy to have been a part of that going through the law school process because we need to see like, what is it really like? Not the cute aesthetics, which I love though. I do love a little aesthetic, but the real, the, I just took an exam and I'm crying. I'm worried about this. I'm nervous about this, or I'm so tired because I'm juggling trial team, running a business and law school and still trying to have a life. And I want to have all of those things. And what does that look like in a practical sense? So just focus on you. It's okay. Things are going to affect you and that's okay. Let it happen, but make sure you just come back centered. 100%. I, I always say, um, say, same thing. It's in Spanish. It's lo que es para ti, nadie te lo quita. What's for you, no one's going to take away from you. And it's the same thing. Like it, if it's your path, it's going to happen however it happens. And you just have to trust the process. And I love that there is so many more people now sharing it, especially on TikTok, the real behind the scenes yes. and like the not so aesthetic parts. And you know, I struggled with that in law school. Like I was blogging and I was showing the real life, not great parts, but in writing, you don't get to see it the same way. And then I was really late to the TikTok game. I was very hesitant to start. So I'm just starting (laughs) now a few months from graduation, but I love getting to see other people who are one L's and two L's really showing what you just said, like not doing well on the exam or you know, crying because of whatever. And like, you're going to get the grades that you get and life doesn't stop because you went to law school and law school does a really good job of trying to make you not have a life outside of law school. They don't want you to have a life outside of law school. They really don't, but you have to go against the grain. Like you have to, in order to have a real life, because if you want to just be like top of your class, get, you know, the like associate position at the top law firm, be partner by 30. Like that's fine. You can be that person, but you are not going to have a life. And that's like, that's just a sacrifice you're going to have to make. And that's great, but that's not most people. And more and more people are, are I'm, I love it that more more people are being vocal about that. Um, so yeah, I applaud you for being one of the first people to really <laughs> do that because it paved the way for me and other people who are starting even younger than me in the process to do it too. And it's, it's inspiring to me. Like I connect with these yeah. people on TikTok and I'm just like, I wish I would have had the foresight to start when you were yeah. starting but for me, like I, at three years ago, unfortunately <laughs> that didn't happen, but I'm doing it now. And like, I get to show the transition into adult life and exactly. career, which is what you're in now. So, you know, you, but you did do, you went big law, you got, you know, the associate position, you were doing all the things that law schools deems successful. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? How did you, you know, the OCI process, getting the job in big law and then working in big law for a while and then realizing I'm missing a part of myself by the YouTube side, the influencer side. Like, I love that part and I can make a career out of this. Like, let me focus on this. So how did that kind of come about? What was your big law experience like? Yeah, so I'm going to just correct you because I don't want somebody coming after my neck. So I didn't necessarily work in big law. Like it was big law for Alabama because it was the largest plaintiff law firm in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where I worked. Um, so I didn't do defense law because billables, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. However, we did bill hours because in employment, you have to bill hours or certain like standards and stuff like that and statutes that we have to are required to do by. But anyway, so um, I did on-campus interviews. But fun fact, that's actually not how I ended up getting the job that I took. I did on-campus interviews for like other positions and I worked at the DA's office for a little while because, again, I wanted to be a criminal lawyer, right? And I actually loved it. I loved it. In another life, I would be like a prosecutor in another life. But um, 
I actually got the position at the firm I worked at because I was volunteering with one of their lawyers. And he was just like, hey, do you have anything set up for the summer? This is my first year. And I just didn't at that time. And I was like, I'm not really interested in like firm life. I knew I wanted to do either criminal law or like something else. I just wasn't sure what that would look like. So I toured their firm, met everyone, fell in love, loved it, clerked with them the second summer and through my third year. And it just worked out. I just loved it. I really genuinely loved the work. I did employment litigation on the planning side, like I said, and it was fulfilling. It felt like I was putting in the work and I actually saw results a lot of the times, which is something that I feel like a lot of lawyers in various different areas can't really say and contest to that they actually see it. Um, we worked with a lot of like sexual harassment and racial discrimination and all types of things and like civil rights and things that happen in an employment context, which I really, really love. Again, in another life, I will be an amazing employment litigator, but you know, you would, you would be so good. I at loved it. it. Thank you. I loved it. Um, and there was a point I, I quit in 2020, September, 2020. Yes. During the panini. Okay. And it, it got to a point where I started getting so many questions from my friends, colleagues about influencer contracts. And I'm like, okay, I can help. I wasn't charging anything until somebody said, how much do you charge for this service? And I, it didn't even dawn on me that I could charge for something like this. So then I started doing some research and figuring out, okay, what would this look like in a practical sense? How could I help someone? One, of course, as lawyers, like you can only work in certain states that you're barred in unless you pay pro hoc vice and all that. So I was trying to figure out the logistics of all, all that. All while I started to match my income with brand partnerships. So this is before I even included the legal tea, which I now you know own and operate. But I was like, okay, great. That's nice. Matching the salary. Cool. Whatever. Like then I started to make more. So then it was like, okay, if I'm making more and I'm doing this part, 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 part time, because I always prioritize firm life first, how much could I make or what would this look like if I did it full time? And I just took a risk. Also, um, I love social media. I've been doing that longer than I decided to be a lawyer. So I knew that's not something that I wanted to reduce. And that is kind of where it came working for a more traditional law firm. They wanted more of my time, even though I was already putting in hundreds and hundreds of hours. Um, but I had to make that decision and I always kind of thought maybe I'd get that fork in the road at some point when they gave me the job offer Christmas before I graduated, I kind of had that thought in the back of my, my mind, but I thought, you know, I'll make partner and then I'll make that decision or I'll have kids first and then I'll make that decision. And it just all happened a lot quicker and it felt right. The timing was perfect. And I realized, let me ride this wave while it's going up. If it goes down, I'll handle it then. But right now it's, it's going up. So let me hop on while I can. Yeah, no. And the beauty about being a lawyer is once you have your degree, you have it, you know, you may have to like, you know, you have to pay your fees and to keep your license and that part of it. But like you went to law school, you passed the bar, like you are a lawyer unless you lose your license, but that's a whole nother exactly. story. Right. Child, we rebuke that. <laughs> so you could always go back to being a lawyer if that this opportunity doesn't work out, but you took a risk on yourself. Exactly. And I think that's super invaluable that you were just like, why not? Because you saw that for like, I love that you said that, that it was your passion first was social media and you were making more and you're yeah. like, I have to choose. And you know, you weren't planning to have to choose anytime soon, but at right. some point you have to choose because yeah. And that's the reason why like law firm and big law in general, and just like that whole, like the, what you see in the movies when you see lawyers like that just doesn't appeal to me anymore because I want to have yeah. a life outside of 
my job. I want to be a mom one day. I want to, you know, I, would I be that mom with my computer at his soccer game? Absolutely. But like, I want to be there at least (laughs) every once in a while. Like, you know, I want to have, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to enjoy these things. And like, yeah, you can make a really great amount of money at a law firm, but you're selling your soul to to the law firm. And that's not, that works for some people, like we said, but like, that's just not for mm-hmm. everybody. And when you realize that like, there is something more for you out there and like, you can have more by going this yeah. option. Why not? And the beauty is with the creator economy, like we said, like there's people showing their lives and what it's really like to be a law student on TikTok, on YouTube and working with brands and making money. And when you end up being able to make more than you were making at a law firm, which by the way is, is and can be a lot of money. You're right. like, oh, like, let me pay attention to that. Let me see what this is about. So yeah, what was that? I know you you have vlogs on this. I that was when I first started following <laughs> you is when you were you were making that transition. So I I, mm-hmm. I started paying attention there. But what was that like when you really were like, okay, I'm going to go off on my own and I'm going to market myself as an influencer's yeah. lawyer and a lawyer influencer, because you are both an influencer mm-hmm. and a lawyer, and you happen to just combine them and make that your business. But what was that transition like? And what do you do now? Yeah, so I can picture the moment of me sitting in my office, and I was looking at the other partners. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to do that. So that was really what was like, I'm quitting. Like, I don't know when, but it's happening very soon. It was the scariest and probably the hardest decision I've ever made. I always say I was never a risk taker, but now I like literally can't say that because you quit your whole job in the pandemic. So I no longer can say that, <laughs> but it was the scariest moment of my life right under the bar exam. Cause the bar exam is just like an extra added stress. Cause it's like my license, I've been working, you know, studying all my life for this, but it, it, it's almost close because it was the fear of having to detach my name from being an associate attorney. So it wasn't like, I knew I was still going to be a lawyer. I'm still licensed. Like I'm still an attorney and all that, but it's hard because so many times, so many of us attach like our identity to our career. So I felt like, who would I be if I was not an associate attorney at this firm that I can reference and how would I define who I am and define just my identity from then on out? And it was a challenge, but then I realized like I could define it however I want. Now I have that freedom to shift that into whatever I want. If I want to be a full-time consecrator and say, forget my license, I can do that. I have so much flexibility and I don't have to be scared because I have a game plan, also a Virgo. So I had the to-do list, the pros, the cons, the everything. So I was more than prepared. And like you said, like I can always just go back to a firm if I want. I actually got job offers after I quit. So it was like the option was there, but I told myself, I'm going to give myself one whole year and just bet on myself. And here we are two years <laughs> plus, and I'm still loving every single minute of it, but it still was the scariest thing. I've ever done in my life, but I highly recommend if you feel like I, I have a passion somewhere else and you're in a more traditional job and you have the means to take that risk, do it now, especially like I'm only 28. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. If I was going to take a risk, this, this is, the, is time. the time to take a risk. So now what I currently do, I am still a creator. I always say I'm a creator first. And then I also am an influencer marketing consultant and lawyer. I own and operate and I founded the legal tea or the legal tea social on Instagram. And we basically what we do is we help influencers, entrepreneurs, and creators navigate the contract space. And that could be brand partnerships. It could be talent management agencies. It could be entertainment opportunities, anything in, in regards to contracts in the influencer marketing space, we handle it. The legal tea is incredible. And 
that's where I, that's where Cameron being one of my mentors really comes in because she was the first person that I saw that was doing both because for me, like I, you were in your office when you realized I don't want this life. Like I'm in law school and I realized looking around my classmates (laughs) and what they're doing and talking about, I was like, yeah, I don't want this life. Like, this is not for Mm -hmm. me. So what can I do? Where are my passions? What am I interested in? What am I putting more time into? Because I know school wasn't my number one priority anymore. Not that it isn't it's still my priority, but like, right. I was putting a lot of energy into other things. And I was like, let me lean into that because, you know, if you can make money off of your hobby, it's a win-win. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like I like social media. I like creating content. I I'm starting to see, like you said, like the these people need help with contracts. Yes. I know what a contract is because I went to law school, but these people who don't go to law school don't know what certain words mean and what exactly. that can be and all these other things. And so <laughs> I was like, nah, that's a whole other episode, but like, which I would love to like do like an episode actually talking about like that, like you being like a lawyer giving advice for influencers. Like what oh, you absolutely. we'll do a part two but this is like the, the laying the foundation for it. Yeah. I was like, why not do, but like, I can be a lawyer and an influencer. And then somehow, actually, I know exactly how my friend put on a symposium at a different law school. And because of the pandemic, I was able to attend on zoom and I connect, you were a speaker and I don't know how she found you, but I'm very glad she did. She reached out to me on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my God, Maddie, I need, like, can you send me Cameron's email and I emailed you and I DM'd you and I think you answered my DM and on Instagram and I was like I want to learn like we hopped on a Zoom and like we like basically it was like love at first sight we were like oh my god I can do this. literally like I can yes, do I what so I'm excited. thinking I was like I can do what I'm doing someone's already doing it and I don't think I told you it's like the fact that you are a minority as well like that to me was even more important because it's a different layer for us as minorities, our parents have a vision for us that yes. I don't think other, maybe they do, maybe they don't, don't know, but at least right. for us, it's like, you know, better your future, better. We want that. They want us to do better than they did. So we can provide for right. ourselves, our families and the next generation and keep, you know, this minority be, being successful as minorities, not just successful. It's like a different layer yeah. added onto it. So seeing someone who, you know, literally doesn't look like me, but like, is like me. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I look white, but I'm Hispanic. So like woman, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. I can do this. And so that was to me, I was like, I need to know how you're doing this. And ever since then, you've really helped me realize like, that's where my passion is. And little by little, my content is shifting more into sharing, obviously cancer legal advice. And so not, not right. of that part yet, but like the career aspect of it. And one thing you touched on networking, you got your job because yes. someone you knew networking. Yeah, yeah. And that is like the, I think that's like where my content is really shifting towards. Cause that has become my true passion besides social media and being a lawyer. It's like also networking because I wouldn't be able, like being an influencer is all about who, you know, it's about networking, brand exactly. partnerships, working with brands. It's emails, building relationships with these brands, but the brands are through people, you're building the relationship through people. So you need to know how to talk to people. So that's kind of how that has come about and how you've helped me in that. And I just, it's so freaking cool, but go check out the legal tea social. Like it is incredible, but yeah. So now you are a full-time, you know, 
entrepreneur. You're doing your own yeah. thing. <laughs> Crazy. What has that been like for you? Like for someone who was like her identity was an associate attorney and it's really yeah. hard to, that's why I said, I didn't want to brand myself as just a law student because I knew that that wasn't my identity. And I never wanted Kayla Moran Esquire to be my whole identity. I'm Kayla Moran first. And then I happen to be a lawyer. So once you had to like take that, you know, associate attorney out of it and framing, okay, I'm a CEO, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a founder, I am yeah. all of these <laughs> other things. What has that been like for you? So, oh, you made so many great points, especially being a minority, because part of the risk that I was feeling was a risk for me, but also for my family. Like, I didn't want to let my family down. I didn't want to let others around me that were so supportive during my law school journey, like, let them down. Even though deep down, I knew, like, this is where I'm supposed to be, and I'm going to excel. Like, y'all just got to trust me. I got to trust myself in this. So I love that you brought that up, because it's, it's so many different layers when it comes to taking a risk. But I will say the first year of entrepreneurship was difficult. I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do, how I was going to do it, try different things, give myself the grace to just try everything for one year. I was like, let me just try some things. like try different services, work with different brands, have network so much to figure out what do I really want to be known for? What is my legacy? What is the legal tea? I changed the name. It used to be Creative Law Library. Then I brought it back to the legal tea. And I really just tried to find myself and find my new identity as an entrepreneur and a CEO and be able to explain what I do um, so confidently that it wouldn't matter what I used to do because this is who I now am. And this is why people should work with me over anyone else, period. Okay. So after that year, I would say now I'm so comfortable and confident in my vision. It really helps me just be more confident in general when I'm talking about it, about social media, because I still get eye rolls from lawyers and the traditional people and all the things. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's a need for traditional law. There is a need for law firms. There's a need for big law. We need attorneys in there and some amazing, phenomenal attorneys at that. However, it's still this, we're a little bit better than you because what is social media influence and marketing? And that was a little bit difficult to get over. But now, like I said, I'm, I'm so much more confident in my vision that it, it's more than just me online talking about contracts, talking about my day-to-day -day life. It's so much more than that. It, every time I get a client that says, you helped me double my rate because I was too scared to just ask. Or you, you told me, Cameron, I knew not to sign perpetuity. Those things, that's why I do what I do. Or the law students that reach out just like you, like, you know what? I'm glad that I see someone doing something non-traditional. Even if it's not necessarily in the social media space, I want people to look at me and say, you know what? She did something a little bit different. That just gave me the courage to do it too. Or, you know what? I'm actually kind of interested in social media, but I was too scared to ever ask anyone. Or I've never talked to a lawyer or a consultant and you made me so comfortable and confident to ask my question that I have been struggling with as an influencer. All of those things help with my why. I know you mentioned your why. That's so important to me. It makes it a bigger picture than just me, the legal team, Kim Monet. It's so much bigger than that. I love that you said confidence too. Confidence, you know, fake it so you make it, but then eventually you yeah. realize <laughs> you're not faking it anymore. And I am kind of struggling with that. Like I've been making TikToks about this, but- so every like as I'm about to graduate and people are like oh what do you do every time I talk to someone new they're like oh what are you doing when you graduate and I'm like do I answer honestly and say I don't know but I have a lot of options in this space or do I just say like I don't know but I think I'm gonna go like I might be I have a couple options at a law firm but like I'm I don't know yet like which route do I want to go like tell them the like I'm gonna be honest say I don't know but like do I lie and say like that I'm going to go to a law firm just because, you know, I have other options, but like, that's a safe route. And that's the one that they want me to say, 
or be like, mm. but I have other options that like, I can still be a lawyer, but I might not be in a law firm setting. I don't know yet. I don't know what that looks like yet, but like, mm-hmm. that's the one that I'm really passionate about. And they're like, why, like, did you do OCIs? Did you clerk at a law firm? Like all these questions are coming up and I'm like, yeah, I did all those things. It wasn't the right path for me. It didn't work out for me and that's okay. And like, I still struggle with like saying like the other day we were at like a leadership networking event and it was like different PhD, PhD and grad school programs. Like we were all like at a bar hanging out and Mm -hmm. I I'm always like really shy and I'm not a shy person to be like, yeah, I'm an influencer. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to like approach that subject. Like everyone was like, Oh, what kind of law are you going to do? Or what kind of law are you going to do? And they're both going to firms, like the two other law students that were there. And then they Mm -hmm. look at me and I'll, and then everyone got quiet. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. That'll do it. (laughs) And I was like, damn it. Like, why am I so shy about this? Like, I know what I want. I'm very confident and passionate about it, but there is still that like, other lawyers are gonna look down on us and like I can say publicly like screw them I don't care but when I'm talking to them like it still hurts it it, it still sucks because yeah we had this vision for ourselves like this is what we're gonna do with our law degree we're gonna be these amazing lawyers and that's just not our reality but it's okay and like like you said I love that you brought up like we need those people the world needs those people but not everyone needs that lawyer and you know, there is an increasing need on lawyers in the creator economy, in social media, in influencer marketing. I wrote a whole thesis on this for graduation. (laughs) We need lawyers in this space. So it's going to become a legitimate industry. And there's a beauty to being the ones that found it and started. And we set the rules, we set the pace. So, you know, there's pros and cons to both, but I, I totally feel you on the confidence part and just like, yeah how lawyers look at you. Cause I am struggling with that. And like most of my classmates have known that like from very early on, they're like, all right, she's not right. going to do what we're doing. <laughs> so it's not so much my classmates, although there is definitely those two, but it's a lot of like real lawyers, like actual adult yeah, lawyers that. Like, doing the work. And they're like, some think it's really cool, but they're like fascinated and like want to learn more. And I think they're just like, they're, they're really interested. Or they appease me. And then there's the ones that are just like, okay, like this girl's right good luck with that but like let me know if you talk about it you'll you'll get more confident and that's what I noticed it was like those moments where I wanted to like come up with something else or like deter and just like not even talk about it I made myself talk about it and just be for sure with whatever you decide to say so if you do decide to say you know what I have a couple firm options but I'm not quite sure what I do stand in that and like be confident in it whichever choice you decide if you want to say you know what I'm actually thinking about navigating the influence of marketing and social media industry it's a billion dollar industry there's lawyers need it. And I'm really excited to kind of see what that is and see what, get some more information about it. Whatever you decide is just like, be confident in it, stick with it. It's like having an elevator speech. That's pretty much what I have with so many times, depending on who I'm meeting. Some people I meet and I say, oh, I work in digital marketing. Some people I meet, I say, oh, I'm a lawyer. Some people I meet, I say I'm influencer marketing consultant. Some people, which are all true things. Sometimes I say I'm just an influencer or a content creator. I find um, elevator speeches for the right person in the right environment. And then if they want to dive deeper, I'm more than willing to go there. Absolutely. I'm an influencer. I've worked with Dove. I've worked with Ulta Beauty. I've worked with Dyson. I've worked with so many other brands. And now I'm also helping other creators navigate the contract space in the industry. So I think, again, once you have like those recurring things you can say, because there still will be people that look at me. I do whole CLEs. Like I literally teach attorneys about the industry and I still have people say, okay, but what are you doing? It's like, child, I'll send you the link to the CLE because some yeah. people still will never understand. And it's not for them to understand, right? It's not for them to understand. 
sometimes you have to show people better you can tell them I love that advice though of having different elevator speeches for different people and then letting them ask you the questions and the more I've answered it now that I know that this is a legit thing and like I'm getting closer to actually doing it I'm like I'm being I'm becoming a lot more confident but there's still that time where I'm like I don't know how to answer this but I like that you have different approaches for different types of people. And I think that's such a great tip. And I'm going to start thinking about, about about that more, but yeah, what has it been like, you know, now you run a, before it was like, I'm going to go off on my own and like, see what happens. Now you're almost two, two years, two years plus in, and you're, you're scaling, you are, you know, building an actual business. Like you are considering hiring on law clerks and having people under you and hiring other attorneys in the future. And like, you want to grow this business to help reach more people because it's such a need. Where's your mindset on, like, how has your mindset shifted to that? And like, how is that going? What's that process like? Yeah. So it's as an entrepreneur, I'm realizing there's so many stages of a struggle. Like uh, it's challenging every single day for different reasons. So now it's the hiring challenge. And I've hired several times in the past, but now it's more of a strategic hire. Like, okay, I have a clear vision. I know exactly who I need, what I need. I know the type of environment that I want to curate as far as the hires and just the, the culture and that I have in my business. I know what I desire to have now. So it, it makes it a little bit easier to hire, but still it's scary. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be responsible for X amount of people. But I think just like with anything, just taking the risk and knowing like, I'm never going to feel 100% ready. I'm never going to be 100% certain. I'm going to have to learn as I go, especially with this being so new. Like I've talked to so many other attorneys and they have been a wealth of knowledge. I've talked to other judges and people like managers and agencies and different people in the influence and marketing industry as well. But it's still what I'm trying to do is still a little bit different. So I'm going to have to just take the risk and come up with my own blueprint. But I think every entrepreneur also does that there's still going to be a slight difference even if I'm doing exactly something as someone else my personality my um, business culture will be different than theirs so I'm having to figure that out but yeah I'm so excited to have legal externs this summer I already have one that I've given the offer to and I'm just trying to decide how many other people do I want probably two or three heavily on the research we have some exciting things we're going to launch this year and then my goal of course is to add another consultant slash attorney in the business early as next year early into this year beginning of next year that is the ultimate goal because it's definitely getting busy, which I'm thankful. Shout out to social media, but uh, it's getting pretty busy. I'm having to say no to a lot of things. So definitely amping up the hiring and uh, exercising, I guess, putting emphasis on my leadership skills and learning more about that. Like what, who do I want to be as a boss and CEO? I want to make sure that I have a healthy work environment and I'm able to be approachable. I never want to be too distant, but yeah, it, it's been a challenge to say the least. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. And <laughs> So how did you go about hiring? So you said you hired one and you're going to hire a couple more. You had a program, like, so did you hire from the, so I just blanked out the name, the lawyer influencer accelerator program that you Mm -hmm. did. Did you hire them from there or did you hire them from somewhere else? And like, you know, how could someone who wants to pursue this route, you know, is in law school or is already a lawyer or wants to go to law school, but knowing that they want to be in the social media space, 
you know, how do you go about doing that? And like programs like yours that you started and other programs like that, how do you get involved in being a influencer lawyer? Yeah. So I almost forgot about the accelerator. It was my first time doing it. We're planning to do another one third quarter, but the lawyer influence accelerator was for lawyers and second and third year law students. We all had all lawyers this time, which is perfectly fine. So I'm able to kind of curate the course to them. And essentially what we talked about is how to not only become an influencer, a lawyer influencer specifically, but also how to leverage your degree to help other clients, but also to get higher brand partnerships and work with them on different things, such as being their in-house counsel as an option and or just working with them as an influencer. So I really love that course. It was great. Essentially, I thought I was going to choose someone to work for me out of there, which I still might have some candidates. But uh, what I did for the legal extern, because I was like, I really want to kind of reach back into law school because there's so many students that reach out to me that say, I want to do this. Like, how do I do this? So I actually just reached out to my law school and said, hey, any externship opportunities? How should I go about this? They love the idea. I just told them about my business and they just posted it on the job board. So that's what I did. And I also think that's a great way for any entrepreneur out there listening. If you're trying to hire and you want to kind of dip your toe in it, reach out to your college, reach out to your law schools, reach out to professional schools, grad schools and try to do an externship or internship, or even just, I'm going to pay them because I understand that law school struggle. Um, but in that way, you can kind of get into the habit of hiring and feeling like, how does that feel to you? So it's no like huge commitment with like having an employee yet. But like I said, my goal is to start to have some employees by early next year, for sure. That's so smart to go back to your school. And it's nice to see that the school is receptive to it also. Yeah. <laughs> There is, okay, no. We were just talking about how lawyers can sometimes be, you know, so set in their ways and not really see emerging industries. But then you have law schools that are like, oh, okay, like this can be something. And, and I've talked about this with you as well. Like my, one of my professors, he is truly the one who, like, I came to him with this, like really jumbled idea. And he was mm-hmm. like, no, I, I see you can totally do this. And then that's how, when I met you, I went back to him and I was like, I met someone who's doing, and he was like, go talk to her, figure it out. Like, so I know that if I want to one day do that and go back to my school, I can go to him and he would probably 100% be on board. Like I can feel, I feel pretty confident saying he would be like, let's figure out how to make it happen. So that's so cool that there are starting to be more people, traditional academia or law, yeah. law schools, law, like law, lawyers, law firms that are mm-hmm being more receptive to it. And I know there's a few firms, at least in um, New York, LA, Miami, a few starting to have practices in the social yep. media space. So mm-hmm. that's they're, it, they're starting to see it. So fingers crossed in the next few years, it, it'll only get bigger. And who knows, maybe it'll hire through OCIs to someone's work in influencer marketing, or if not, you could just go the old fashioned way like we did and network our way and figure it out. But yeah, so for someone who is an influencer and needs help figuring out how to manage the contracts and the business side of being an influencer, because you've had experience in that way before you were a lawyer, what's some advice you would give them? Like top two or three pieces of advice for someone who's an influencer navigating contracts yeah so one always read your contract and if there's anything that you come across that you don't understand make a note of it do some research and or reach out to somebody that can help you because a lot of times the words that we skip over when we're reading something we don't understand are probably the words that are holding the most weight in the contract so thoroughly read the contract that would be number one number two is always negotiate a lot of brands are saying it's non-negotiable we don't negotiate but that's just not a standard business practice everyone knows this is a business As a creator, you are a business. 
as a brand, they are a business. Two businesses are coming together for a mutual benefit. Therefore, both people are going to have to negotiate. So don't be afraid to put your foot down and negotiate your words because nine times out of 10, the brand is going to negotiate their words and it's going to make sure the contract is in their favor. And you want to make sure that you are able to shift it a little bit and make sure the skills are a little bit even so that you can also get a benefit out of the relationship. Three would probably be to don't forget to have fun because I feel like because influencer marketing is becoming such a booming business, like billion dollar, B, billion, it's crazy. You, you want to make sure you're still having fun in it because you can still thoroughly read your contract. You can still negotiate your words and you can still have a good time in industry. I think that's what separates it from so many other avenues is that it's fun. People have a great time. People make great money. People have the flexibility in their schedules. They can work with amazing brands and companies and businesses and come together and make something beautiful. So don't forget to have fun. So that, that'd probably be my top three when it comes to creating. And then also a little bonus tip. If you're new and you have never worked with a brand, get on the influencer marketing platform so that you can get your feet wet. Essentially, it's like a third-party website where they bring the brand together and the creator together. And you're able to see what campaigns are out there, what terminology are brands using. So then if you do pitch on the side, you know the terms to use and you already have experience on like the whole influencer marketing process. Because it, it is a process that could take months from either you reaching out or the brand reaching out all the way to you finally getting paid and so on and so forth. So that would sum it up, but I can go on and on. <laughs> No, I, I know you can. And I will do a whole part two on more advice and tips and like the legal side of making this a business and like entity formation and all of that stuff, which is, I think I want to do both sides, like the contract side, but I also think like the whole IP side of it and like yeah. LLCs, <laughs> corporations, trademarks, copyright, like that stuff taxes, too, super yeah. interesting tax. I'm not doing taxes, but like, yeah, taxes too. <laughs> like would be it's super fascinating to me because that was what I did and as a clinic student which in this professor that's he was like what kind of clients do you want within you know small business clinic or community economic development clinic and I was like influencers like we are a business and he was like let's find clients that can make it happen and we found one um so that that was the this was January, 2021. And that was where it set me off. And then in March, 2021 is when I met Cameron. So it all, again, like big theme on this podcast, like non-linear past, but it all works out the way that it's meant to. And it just like, you look back and you're like, this seems like, doesn't make sense. Like you're all over the map, but you look back and yeah. like, you can connect the dots sometimes. And you're like, oh, like it does every little thing that I did got me to where I am today. And like, that's a huge theme on this podcast. So I love that. And that's kind of how it started for me. And, um, and so many great pieces of advice. We'll definitely do a part two because we could go on and I have so many more questions, <laughs> like getting more into the technical side, but I wanted to first showcase that like, you can be someone who has a business degree, like a graduate degree, business degree, mm -hmm. law degree, med medical school, whatever it is, and still be a yeah. part of the creator economy. still create content about it and become a mentor and a resource to people in that industry. And for anyone who is an influencer, definitely make sure you read your contracts. So, so <laughs> important. But Cameron, this has been incredible. We can keep going forever. So <laughs> we probably will <laughs> off, off the mic for a little bit, but just thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This has been so much fun. Can you share any like top resource for people? You know, you shared some of your own advice, but anything that you look to for advice, like any blogs, any other creators, any resources that you look to when you are as a creator 
yourself, like what are some resources that you go to that people should check out? Yeah, that's a great question. You put me on the spot. It depends. So I'm going to say this and then I'll say some resources. One thing that I do when I'm really uh, struggling or stuck on a rut or something, I just get off social media and I focus on what do I actually want to do? Because it can get very easy to not copy, but start to replicate some things that you see online or think this is the way to go because this is how someone's being successful and realize like, that's not exactly what you want to do. So I say get offline sometimes and find some inspiration in real life and in your notes and in your journaling and in yourself and people that are already invested in you and your business outside of the internet. So do that first. Something that I look to is Business Insider. I love them, a classic. They talk about social media and influencer marketing and any other businesses. Honestly, it's a great resource for anything, child. Um, so I definitely look on there. Also, there's a few different newsletters that I'm a part of for FOHR. I really like their updates. And their CEO also has a YouTube channel. And I think they give really good tips. Also, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, what is her name? Oh, Sidewalker Daily. I really like their YouTube videos as well. And they give tips and tricks. If you are a entrepreneur and you're trying to be a creator as well. So Erin On Demand is a really good resource. She just started a course called uh, Creator to CEO, which I really, really like. Catherine Manning, my girl, she's my close friend. And she gives great tips on YouTube as well as just like her day-to-day life. And I think it's inspiring for someone that wants to get into the YouTube space. That's also really helpful for me when I'm trying to navigate that. Because I think the importance of what I do as an influencer marketing consultant and as a lawyer is that I also have to be on top of social media trends and things that are going on. So I try to make sure that I'm well aware of what's going on as far as just the creator space as well. Because that's the part that I feel like is different from other lawyers, right? Because I'm actually in the creative space with everyone. I always say I'm walking next to creators and whispering in their ear and I'm not in front of them getting guidance. We're all in this together. So I always try to make sure that I have several people that I can go to like, okay, I know they're staying on top of what's updates and trends. Also think media on YouTube is phenomenal for resources when it comes to equipment, um, the creator economy and things of that nature. I can go on and on and name like several different people, but those are kind of like a few off the top of my head. Also, if you really want to nerd out, I read the terms and conditions. Social media is so new and there really isn't any much case law or laws out there aside from like the FTC, Federal Trade Commission. Highly recommend you have to read that if you want to stay on top of it. But the terms and conditions on social media websites really hold a lot of weight because that's really where most guidance is coming from aside from the FTC because there aren't much case law. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah, no, the it's so funny. Actually, like you say, like not having case law. So when I started my paper on like the topic was social media in the legal industry. And obviously I like really, really like fleshed that out and actually got a paper later that was all about why we need lawyers in the creator economy. That's where I, that's ultimately the path I took. But at first my professor down, like he had the library purchase a few books on social media law. And there were these books and it was all about like internet policies, privacy policies, terms and conditions. And like that is super, super important, but it wasn't what I was going into. Like we had, I had to do the research on my own as like both a law student and creator and figure out like, what do I, what, what is the advice that I would want to know if I didn't already know this, like, and write it in that way, like an educational way, instead of more of a persuasive paper. So that's ultimately my paper ended up being not so much a research paper, but more so like an education piece, um, which I'm hoping to publish in a journal soon that's a spring break project is figuring out (laughs) where to what journals to reach out to but the terms and conditions and like privacy policies and like that kind of stuff is so so important so I'm glad you brought that up and I love business insider and LinkedIn just following all these brands and apps 
on LinkedIn and seeing the news that they're sharing is so, so helpful. Forbes is really great too. I really like them. And then yeah, for later, Rella, um, shameless plug for Rella. Of course, Rella. Um, We share like um, Natasha and Natalie and Gigi do a great job of sharing social media updates um, with everyone on Rella's platforms. So yeah, I think those are some great resources. I'll link them in the show notes. Um, But yeah, where can everyone find you? Yeah, so if you want to follow me in the internet streets, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Cameron Monet. It's K-A-M-E-R-O-N-M-O-N-E-T. And then if you want to get more of the legal side and the legal tea, you can follow us at The Legal Tea Social on Instagram and check us out at thelegaltea.com on your web browsers. And um, also I'll add this little secret insider. I'm still working on it. I've been talking about it. We but love a scoop. By the end of this year, <laughs> the scoop. Hopefully by the end of this year, we will have a resource for you to go to when it comes to updates on laws, regulations, guidelines, terms and conditions, basically because who wants to read the whole thing? We do because we nerd out on it, but I want to make sure that people don't have that much time. They don't want to read the whole thing. They can get like the quick cliff notes of it. So that's the goal for the legalt.com by this year. So there will be a resource kind of like, I don't know if there's any lawyers or lawyers out there, kind of like Westlaw and LexisNexis, but different. So that that's our goal for this year. So stay tuned for that. Very excited. I I'm really looking forward to, I know that's something that you've had in the works for a really long time. So I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah. Really long time since we think we first talked, it it was like something that you were wanting to do and figuring out how to approach. So thank you so much, Cameron, for coming on the podcast. Be on the lookout for part two sometime in the near future. Yay.